Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. And I'm Becca Merkel. We're up here by my house on the most, it's turning into the most beautiful fall cold nights. We even Definitely had some rain. Turned. We had some rain, which we have been the land of the parched and dry and dead this summer. The no, yeah. no water for it's you guys how this summer. It's like, how close are we to the equinox? Is that the equinox or is it the solstice? No, it's the equinox. Um, I think we're two days away from it. And it's so funny how much that is like the turn. Because I remember last year when we went to the cutting garden and Hero was going to be doing somebody's wedding. And I don't remember, but I was out there and I was asking Jane at the cutting garden whether something would still be blooming at whatever date. And she was like, well, I'll tell you, it's weird, but the equinox, everything just goes off. She was like, "At the after that, it's just over, and the whole <laughs> thing is over. So you can just bank on that. And it was funny, because I'd never thought of that one way or the other. But this year, it turned hard, just like, just now. Yeah. And it's like, interesting. Crisp fall air is going on. And <laughs> Here it is. We were all being it's sweaty pretty, a minute ago. It's pretty ago. lovely. It's like, and we're all ready for a little sweater weather. Yeah. Oh, it's really <laughs> nice. We're in that funny moment, though, where you can go from being, like, chilly to being no. way too oh, hot. Oh, my word. You know, <laughs> it is the season, and you have to prepare in advance for this. Layers. Because in the morning, mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, sweatshirt, yeah. jeans, wool socks, and then yeah. you do some fool thing, like, <laughs> go driving out. <laughs> To go run an errand in your wool socks. <laughs> and then you get like panting for breath and rolling your pants up and take your socks off and well, be like, help me, I'm dying today. What have I, I was done? doing this whole thing of like, oh my word, who turned the heat on? Like, we do not need the heat on. And then like 20 minutes later, I'm like, oh, we need to turn the heat on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And actually, I will confess that I've. I have changed my mind throughout the days and been like, heat's on? Nope, let's turn on yeah. the AC now. It's yeah. getting stuffy. I can't. Yeah, it's a whole situation. It's it's a little volatile, honestly, mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now. We're looking at the most amazing sort of after effects of a sunset right now. Yeah, and the reality is that fall brings with it the big mood weather. And that's... I do love the big mood weather. What's the, the big mood weather? Well, like big clouds and the coloring oh, sure, and the yeah. rain and then the beautiful sunsets and the like colors well, in the trees. People who have it's been following fun. us may remember that last year, right at the uh, moment where we were about to have a good fall. There oh, was, it still hurts to think about it. There blizzard. goes our brother taking his other driveway <laughs> through the field. <laughs> yeah. But it was like a blizzard that killed off like all of the leaves and the branches fell off the trees. And you know what? And everything served us all it did. right. We were in the middle of having our big fluster face about <laughs> stuff. And then it just was like, that's it. No pretty fall for you. No. 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 I feel like it's been, the weather has been definitely channeling Maybe that we all ought to pay attention to the Lord more than we're doing <laughs> as a nation. I'm like, Did everything's on fire. I we're probably not told you that last rain. summer, or maybe it was the summer before. I guess I don't know. But whatever reason, it was a big wildfire. But I And I was in Howard Hughes, and the woman in there said, I'm not religious. We're looking outside at this, like, hideous smoke. Yeah. And, like, where the sun is just, like, a red mm-hmm. dot in the sky of the yeah. smoke. 
And like, it's like, I'm not religious, but I just keep thinking, maybe God's mad at us. Wow. And I was like, you know what? That's More a great thing to ask yourself. ought to notice. And I was like, there's actually a lot of reasons that we should reflect on the fact that, that God is justly not pleased with us as yeah. a culture. And but let's I'm all like, reflect on it a Last more. fall was a great big weird, and then we had a weird winter, and then we had a dry summer, and then we had fires everywhere. <laughs> it's like, it's just, it's definitely been a treat. It's just been one of those things where you're like, yes, Lord, we hear you. Mm-hmm. Like, have mercy I is think really more people need to hear is the thing. Well, yeah, but he's he's doing great things through our times of trials. Dad's he sermon is. today was so good. So by the time you all hear his podcast, you can go listen to it. I the bet. one right around the equinox. Yeah, it was a Micah. <laughs> it was I think it might be the last one in Micah, but it was just so good and encouraging and like but the the metaphor he was using all through it is one that well, I was, I have been saying this about just life ramping up. I might've said, did I say this in our Deleti episode or I think, I think we said it in the one that we actually put out there where I was saying, just let it hurt. Oh yeah. It's labor. Well, he was using the example in the, it was like, you know, we all know that a delivery of a baby is a really painful Thing. Like, this is a painful, really hard thing. It's like, but imagine going through that with no knowledge that there was a baby. Right. Or that not knowing right. what's happening here. You just think you're dying. You just assume that you're dying. And the thing he was talking about is how God knows what's coming from the trials that we're going right. through. God knows. Like, essentially, we're ignorant because we aren't even aware of what kinds of blessings. Mm-hmm are coming from this and that it was just a wonderful encouragement. You know, lots of, he quoted that general in the Korean war. He was surrounded by, wasn't it all the Chinese? Maybe he was surrounded in that. I'd have to look up the actual who it was, but who said, you know, they're all around us everywhere. The enemy is this way and that way and this way and said, they can't get away now. Oh yeah. Was that the Korean war? yeah, Yeah. I think, well, now I'm wondering if I'm mixing up something I know from another place <laughs> with something Dad referenced in the sermon today. Guys, it's like a riddle that I'm giving you in the podcast. He said the Korean War today, and he okay. said, but I am not confident about that my own that history data. Tale. Yeah, no, but it was that quote about you're totally surrounded by the enemy. Yeah, they can't get away now. Right, right. right. Like you're. It's just a different way of looking at the times and the way things are so difficult sure. and tense. Well, I think this is also quoting dad. Doesn't he say some people look at Goliath like he's too big to kill and he David looked at him as he's too big to too miss. Too big to miss. Can't miss this guy. <laughs> he's he's side, like the side of a barn. Also, <laughs> yep. Becca, once again, we're in the autumn of the patriarch. <laughs> I know. I it's, know. it's a thing we do every year now and yeah. I'm starting to think I need to prepare more fully for it because it's especially funny if you're like, wait, hang on, what's happening? I'm behind a well, day. I thought or about I, this. I was thinking about this and I think it's because... I need to... Just if you're not actually reading, doing the Bible reading challenge with us, we're in... We're reading... Genesis. Genesis. And what brings 
what comes out when you read Genesis with 30,000 women all around the world is that we do not have a shared opinion on what's <laughs> happening in Genesis. And but, so every every time we're just back to thinking about the There's patriarchs. just a lot of people being like, how dare Abraham be such a misogynist? Or other people like, I can't even believe Sarah. I think, I can't whatever. remember if this was a new one, but this time there was a big thing about whether or not Dinah was raped and what was happening That was there. a perfectly good article. I read that. It was totally good. I know, I'm saying I don't remember that being a squabble before. Oh, I think I think that... Sure. It has recently become more the thing to call Bathsheba a rape victim. No, that was, and there then, was a whole thing there. I know. And then yeah. that has trickled down to say Dinah also. But I think if anyone was complicit, Dinah was complicit. She was like well, out to see the sights and she but was, here's the you thing. know. It's vague. And I don't think we need it's to. It's vague. But it, Becca, don't you wonder? No, I just. Wouldn't you have thought though that if she had been raped and was still in his house, like being held against her will there... It, Jacob would not have been like, like I, let's sure. let's just negotiate this, some circumcision. To me, it feels like who cares? Maybe we could all not get ourselves into a frizzle pop over whether or not she was raped. Because the thing is, I think there's really good reasons to say, oh, interesting. That might have been not a rape story. It might have been something different. And he made really good like yeah, points meant, from yeah. the Hebrew and mm-hmm. stuff. And that would change the story in a minor way, but not anything earth-shaking but there were people breathlessly angry that we were supporting rape culture by even considering that she might not have been and that's the that's the part that i'm just like i'm sorry guys it's what yeah well the reality is just that i actually love the i love the way that reading the bible with other people at the same time makes you i it is challenging sometimes because the things that I would not have Mm -hmm. even flagged for myself reading the story of Dinah by myself I always just had one perception of the way it went which is I think Dinah was sort of kind of complicit in it I think it was you know like because of those little throwaway things like he was more honorable than all the rest of them that he was still professing love for her when he came she was still there he's like asking permission now I mean if he just raped and abducted her wouldn't he just keep her you know I just think it doesn't make sense to me that Jacob would be like you guys can all be circumcised the other thing is I never really felt like the brothers did the right thing there I think nobody thought they did the right thing. I know, which is... Jacob didn't think they did the right thing. He was like, you're making me a stink to the area. Yeah, but the thing was, is in that there are plenty of stories in Scripture. Well, not plenty. There are several stories in Scripture of a rape. And the Bible is quite clear that that's what happened. Mm -hmm. And in this one, it's hazy. And so... Well, or for instance, if you said yes, David and Bathsheba, that's rape. uh, I, I am willing to say... That could have been coercive just because of his status, which is, mm-hmm. I think, what people think. You know, yeah. people were like, because it was the king demanding mm-hmm. this. But I am also don't think that. I just don't think it. But even if it was that, it's clear from further narratives that Bathsheba is not living in terror of David at all. No. Like, so even if that's how it started out, it's certainly not... She no, was not I a... I think it's just one of those times where you have to realize... The world was different then? The ancient world was very different. And I don't like people acting like 
seduction and rape are the same thing because I feel like that blurs the distinction very unhelpfully. Yeah. And if you start saying that seduction is the same as rape, which some of the people in the comment thread were doing because it was like, it doesn't matter if he seduced her, that's still rape. And I'm like, well, what about the women who seduced the men? Is that rape? Like, cause we know it goes that direction too. Well, that's a thing that I've been thinking about. I saw something about, um, talking about abuse in marriages and it was like saying like basically Christian women should never stand for verbal abuse like this it's like get out oh sure but it was essentially saying verbal abuse is physical abuse you know what I mean like like if your husband is um and just gonna put this disclaimer out there I am opposed to verbal abuse I am you know, I am. Yeah. But like, if you're going to say that the victim of verbal abuse is always the one, you know, like is always in the right, always ought to flee the situation, always whatever. I just want to know how often are men the victims of verbal abuse? Because right. I'll tell you, they are, they yeah. are possibly more often than women. Yeah. The victims of verbal abuse. Well, which is why it's just important to not blur categories. Because the thing is, rape is a horrible sin. It is a horrible sin. And so then when you start broadening it to encompass every sexual immorality is now rape, you actually have diluted what is the the actual problem with yeah. the rape. Luke and had to be it's on that. become too blurry now. And if you conflate physical abuse and verbal abuse you're doing the same thing. You're actually taking away the horror of the actual physical abuse when you say that if he said shut up, it's the same as if he punched you I know, it's the same as if he punched me, yeah. When Luke had to be on a rape jury trial one Mm -hmm. time, which is a real joy to be on a rape jury. But I'm going to throw this in here. that The right to a trial by jury is one of our real gifts. Mm -hmm. And that... I am not saying that I want to turn up for jury duty, but if you were ever being falsely accused of something, you'd for sure hope that people who had somewhere better to be would bother to come do their time and listen. Because the idea of having everybody who can find other work getting out of this somehow is terrible. Anyways, Luke did his civic duty on that trial. And when I, one morning dropped him off at the the courthouse. (laughs) Chloe said she was just like a toddler in the back as we dropped him off and he's walking in to go do jury duty and Chloe said, well, I hope he's not guilty. (laughs) (laughs) At which time I was like, whoa, you have not understood what's happening. We didn't know that it was a rape trial. We didn't at that time because he couldn't talk about it. But after the fact, the thing that was sad about it is that it was, they found the guy guilty, but the jury cried. Like people Mm -hmm. were crying about it because nobody liked the girl. She obviously was lying. Like Mm -hmm. she lied in her testimony. He was obviously a big idiot, but both of them had been at a dumb frat party acting like fools and the whole thing was just like just the trail of woe that is like you're the worst to the girl you're like that you obviously were 
not asking for it because that's not but you were obviously provoking it and it as it was a thing that was seen in texts that she had sent which she said was both an autocorrect misfire and also not for him she meant to text her mom something <laughs> that was not that it was just like nobody believed her you know like everybody's like mm-hmm. no i actually think you did this you know this right. is how it went but all this to say that it was very difficult and like that the judge told the jury that your job is just finding the verdict. Do not take into account the punishment because, because that question, like nobody wants to ruin this kid's life by making him a rapist right now when it was such a more, you know, terrible, it was just so stupid. But anyways, the amazing part about this, was the vindication at the end that there were the reason that they found him guilty there was a lot there was physical evidence and stuff that like she came in right away saying she'd been raped and crying and went yeah. to the hospital like yeah. she you know it was like it it was there was actual evidence that sure. that had happened but they still were very upset about it and the jury was very upset having to say they think he's guilty like okay. they think he raped her and then the bailiff came running in after they delivered the verdict just like pumping his fist in the air totally psyched up and they're like women on the jury crying in there and he was like clapping like super proud of them for finding the guy guilty and then they found out that that same guy had been accused of rape five different times and that none of the other girls would press charges or testify so because they wouldn't they those were separate but to the to the people in the law enforcement world they actually knew that he really clearly nobody nobody has that many close calls no right like you don't that no, like, no. like you could be stupid so in the end they had a huge relieving like yeah. oh, okay so we found him guilty and it made us sick and now we're really glad we found him guilty because <laughs> yeah. clearly he needed to be right this one needed to be marked as yeah. a problem i don't know how i got on that sorry for that <laughs> sidetrack <laughs> and it was either all, way it was all part of my affirming dinah dinah you know. yeah my I feel like um, the <clears throat> the sort of the rumble that happens in the fall when everybody reads the patriarchs and has their eyebrows blown off <laughs> by, by the behavior. Well, and especially because it's like day two, Lot's daughters. I mean, whatever. <laughs> where you're like right yeah. out of the block. Yeah. And so for people who haven't read it before or haven't in a long time and it's hitting them fresh, it's a spicy read. Or people are like... I'm raising Christian children. I'm going to read the Bible to them. Yeah. And then yeah. you're like, oh, <laughs> but, what if I don't want to read this This to is them? my This is my feeling here. Okay, I'm ready. Is that I think that this provokes it because it is a narrative and because you're following characters doing things yes. in the world. Mm-hmm. Then when we get into the prophets, I think a lot of people don't quite know what's happening anyway. So uh-huh. it's harder so to get outraged. So it's less likely to be like, I'm mad at Ezekiel for right. what he did. Right. Yeah. It's like it just becomes a little bit more obtuse. But while you're following along with, you know, the story. Hosea, he's hard to keep up with. Yeah, but I think all the prophets, it's hard to... Because you don't know the historical context, maybe, or you don't know, like... Who or you we, don't understand what exactly they're saying. It's like, saying. why are we yeah. prophesying against them again? And, mm-hmm. you know, like, it just can become harder to really work up a personal 
vendetta yeah but in, but what happens scriptures. what happens is you're reading a story and you're like i like rebecca you know yeah. or mm-hmm. i don't like rebecca the big liar <laughs> you know like people get their character yeah. affections yeah. shaped I know, and I think that's just because it is a narrative, so it, it just has a different... Yeah, but then there's always the people who are like, who was it? Wasn't it Rachel Held Evans that just said she didn't like the Apostle Paul? Yeah. Yeah. One of the people I don't like is Paul, <laughs> and there there's that's just one of those ones that should give you a, a real warning light in your, you know, kind of like an amber alert that goes yeah. off suddenly. Yeah. If you hear yourself firing up that sort of thought, yeah. it's time to... Yeah. Or if you are having scathing indictments of someone that the scriptures are praising yep that's one you gotta watch out for that that one comes up every year it's our annual date with jephthah (laughs) (laughs) i forgot we've got jephthah coming when jephthah comes up (laughs) so come a lot of emotions and i i really enjoy it because nothing could be better honestly nothing could be better than a lot of people actually trying to deal with the scripture like actually trying to read it first of all then like the real problem is when everyone comes in with their red pins and their and their well i think here's the thing the on the dinah kerfluffle i think if somebody said hey here's um some evidence you know, from the Hebrew to say that maybe this isn't rape like we've all, like, usually thought yeah. about it. And it, what you need to do is say, like, oh, well, that would be interesting. I should I should look at it and see if that changes my perspective on the story. Or does that, do I need to, re, you know, reassess or, how I think about it. Yeah. But if you get angry that someone brought it up, then that shows that you have, you've gone wrong, you've gone wrong there. Because... You need to figure out what the Bible says. And you might read... Actually, somebody might make a point that you like, don't agree with whatsoever. Right. Or like someone who told me, uh, you know, like if somebody interprets... So another thing that always comes up in the Bible reading challenge, there's always head coverings comes up yeah. whenever we read about it. And that's the kind of thing that I think all faithful believers ought to be able to talk about and think about and recognize the fact that it's not so overwhelmingly clear in the text that of course there's always something to talk about like there's there are questions there are things that we're like we don't know this exactly and and it is not a thing to be like of course we should be open to what scripture is teaching about this right like of course we should be evaluating Uh it this way of course we should be thinking about it but you can't go into it with your huge preconceived notions flipping out that there's the presence of another interpretation. Right. Well, I'll tell you one random thing I noticed the other day. Well, Becca's sitting in here Genesis. with a head with a um, bandana on her head, yeah, so I so bet she's about to tell me that she's been convicted. Got to sort it out. Actually, we should talk about that sometime because I feel like there's a lot of interesting things in that passage. There totally are. But anyway, um, no, in um, maybe we should save it for when the time comes. Maybe. Uh, no, in Genesis though, you're reading along about Joseph. I don't know why I never noticed this before. Like, this is the first time that it struck me. Hmm. That, of course, we know about Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Like, that's a famous story. It is very funny, and I I do remember this as always being something noticeable. Is that when, when Joseph gets promoted, uh, Pharaoh gives him a wife, and his wife is the daughter of the priest of 
Om or something like some, mm-hmm. you know, some Egyptian god. So Joseph is married to the daughter of a priest of an Egyptian religion. So that's yeah. already interesting. But did you know that the guy's name is Potiphera? And I was like, what? Oh, it was no. like, hang tight, hang tight. Potiphera? Like, Potiphar? Potiphera? What? So I text... That's weird. I know. So How did I, I not the, ever notice this? Well, I know. I only noticed it this time. So I text Knox and Ben. And I'm like, Hebrew people, find it out. Know. Find Tell out me. the deets. Tell me about this. And Knox fires right back. And he was like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of people who think it's the same Potiphar. And that's a tradition. And it's like in the inner... He said there's some stuff from the intertestamental period that... Um, there's this whole story of her being kind of like Ruth, where even though she's from an interestingly bad background, she's righteous and stuff. But wouldn't that be weird if it was the daughter of Potiphar? So weird. If right? his mother-in-law was... Right. Then... <laughs> <laughs> you thought you had in-law problems. <laughs> so... <laughs> the one that got you the falsely The one that put accused. you in jail because... No, speaking, of, speaking of rape, rape. culture. <laughs> speaking oh, no. of just accusations and victims. Oh, but wow. anyway, so who knows if it was the same dude, but Well, if we could say that, then I think if if we just imagine it for a second, that it, that I think that my word is Joseph, the patron saint of all family drama. <laughs> On both sides of his family, he had world record drama. <laughs> with the You're in-laws right. and right. with the natural family. Not everyone gets sold into slavery and then <laughs> by one side of the family. And imprisoned, and imprisoned by the other. For false accusations. But that's even before he got married. So, you know. Oh, that's a good. Woo. I actually thought I was really. um, I get it. And I get it. And I appreciate it. But sometimes I don't automatically see the prefiguring Christ in the details of Old Testament people. And sometimes I think it goes into the big time toodly boogles. Do you know what I'm saying there? A big, big, big time. Well, and sometimes I'm we like, stop. what? What are we you don't saying? Know if we've ever referred to Toodly Boogles in this venue, so we ought to. We used to play. We used to play Toodly Boogles with our children, which is in the car. We would knock on the window. We're in the car, so Becky and I could play it. And I'd say Toodly Boogles, or we'd say Toodly Boogles pumpkins. And I'd say Toodly Boogles <laughs> orange. Toodly Boogles candy corn. I mean, this is what we would do. <laughs> so nice people do and this then, with yeah. their Bible reading, where we just call it Toodly Boogling because they're you like, can go from pumpkin <gasps> it down rained, to it rained in this scene, and Gentiles are water, <laughs> and Jacob's well is where Rebecca was, which is why she symbolizes the Gentile nations. <laughs> Or something that you're like, hang tight, what now? Yeah. Like sometimes there there are manifest yeah. parallels, symbolism, yeah. things. Other times I just think I no. don't know that I no. see it that every patriarch is a direct picture of Christ. Or maybe in some ways, but maybe not in every single yeah, way. That's the thing. That's yeah. the thing. You know, yeah. that you're like, well, but but you could say, I just the reality is that all 
human. Okay, here's a random example. All of our storytelling, all of our life, of course, of course, God is such an artist that everything is imitative and reflective yeah. and connected. There and are there's going no to be death and no, resurrection themes. Yeah, and there's everywhere. no. There's no such thing as a totally random, unconnected, creative blurt that can't be tied right. into the story of all of creation. Or, right. So that's assumed. It's yeah. just one, like something that I noticed the other day is, you know, in literature, one of the most satisfying, I'm sure it has an official name, but I don't know what it is, but one of the most satisfying moments, kind of climaxes in stories a lot of the time is the revelation of a character, of who a character is. Okay. Um, is that the sort of like in uh, well, bell and canoe theme? Is that what you mean, or what do you? Well, what I mean is like in you know when Arag when um, I haven't read Lord of the Rings in forever, but okay. when Aragorn says who he is okay. instead of being sure. Strider, like the moment sure. where the moment where it's like a very glorious yeah. son of whoever. I think the and, bell and canoe is the is like the fair unknown, so it's sort of like Red Cross at the beginning. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then later he's St. George, but yes, you don't sure. know. It's yeah. Luke Skywalker at the beginning. Yes, yes. Yeah. Or I only recently watched Gladiator because I'd never seen Gladiator. Mm. Uh, same thing, though. The moment where he says who he is okay. instead of just being Gladiator when it's take off your helmet. It's the moment. It's a very... It's a... Sure. It's a theme. And I just yeah. noticed, you know, when Jesus says... When yeah. it's like before Abraham was, was, I am. am. Yeah. Like that is that moment. And I was thinking, isn't that interesting that we see in Christ's the revelation of who the Christ is. We see something that is, that all these other little literary things are just a little reflection mm-hmm. of that. The ministry of a of a anointed one. You know, the minute mm-hmm. like that was not known and then known and declared. Sure. And I was just thinking, like that kind of thing. Of course those things... But Joseph is another example of that, yeah. not known and then declared that who yeah. who he yeah. is. And of course, that's a, I don't know if I would say that's prefiguring Christ, although it is. I mean, yeah. is it just built into creation that this right. is like, or was it really supposed to be a specific shout right. out? Yeah, I don't in I advance. Think, I think we can get too caught up in looking for those things because. Remember Grandpa's story about some guy who was getting really fanciful with his scriptural interpretation, and he was saying the fact that the tabernacle has corners <laughs> means that you will have corners in your life. <laughs> I don't remember that story. <laughs> and see, like, I'm, and you're like, and I look at me. I do in my closet. There are corners, just like the tabernacle. I know. And the thing is, is I'm and looking at this. And there's probably some blue and some red things in there too. Narx has been texting us. He he's been. I don't know what he's been reading up on. It's like his uh, medieval theology or something. <clears throat> oh, I found the text where he said this is about Joseph. There was a long poem in the intertestamental period called Joseph and Asenath all about their romance. And it makes out Asenath to be kind of like Ruth, where everyone is worried about her because of her dubious ancestry, but she pulls through and is righteous. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's he's been reading up on some of the medieval Catholic theology. 
And he keeps updating us on more things that turn out to be all figures of Mary. Do me a favor and tell him it's not, he says, not to read the diary of Marjorie Kemp. Stay away <laughs> no, from says, unsafe reading no, material. He's been telling us about um, who all prefigured Mary, and, and he just came in a minute uh, later to be like, apparently Shadrach, Meshach, and again Abednego also <laughs> prefigured Mary. <laughs> and, and Ben was like, I wonder who Mary was. A pre- um, Moses and Aaron's staves were simple symbols of Mary. Gideon's fleece was a symbol of Mary. The burning bush was a symbol of Mary. The rod of Jesse was a symbol of Mary. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were even symbols they, of Mary. Even they and prefigured so the it's virgin. It's just important that we not do this thing. Yeah. Even though we wouldn't do it with Mary, it's just important to not get weird <laughs> as you read the Bible. Try to not get weird about it. <laughs> Try to not play toodly boogles so hard. Right. And also, don't you don't want to be thinking of your Bible reading like you're never going to get it unless you get the cereal box decoder first right. so that you can understand it uh-huh. because i think all throughout scripture there are things that confirm and shape our understanding of jesus and that's so right it should be that yeah. way but the but i don't think that these characters lived only to act out a little mime skit uh-huh. of something uh-huh. but they built what they did do and what is amazing is that they built on our understanding and knowledge of God's plan for salvation because in each generation it was another narrowing in of expectation of the Messiah and in each one there's a you know it's like it's a it's like I suppose it's sort of like a pregnancy building like where you know it's getting bigger and bigger Mm -hmm. and bigger and sooner and something's going to happen you know like there's more information and more understanding of how God is going to do this. But it's not like a bunch of clues that was put there for us. Right. Well, Actually, Becca, I meant to tell you, I was at the thrift store and I saw some books that was like the Odyssey for kids, the Iliad for sure. kids, the Indian yeah. for kids. And I was like, huh, I wonder if those are fun. Yeah. Pull them out. And you know what they did? What? I was like the Odyssey without the poetry. <laughs> the Aeneid without any poetry. <laughs> and you're like, did you miss the fact that the whole point of these is, is, the, poetry. is the poetry? Like, you don't need to be like, the next day there was a battle. Like, kids, that's not, it was just such a weird yeah. thing. But I think that that's actually a little bit, I was reminded of that because of what we were just talking about, which is like, the, to break it all down, like these are just little riddles or messages mm-hmm. for something else and there are sure. some straight riddles like yeah, dreams are. or things in there but to break everything down like this is just a little message about this on a messenger you know on a well okay i'm gonna i may have said this before i but was gonna say it takes some of the like the body of what scripture is it's like removing all the poetry from right what well, it does so c.s lewis has a little sort of a booklet size um, preface to Paradise Lost and in it he's talking about epic poetry and the difference between epic and other smaller forms of poetry like a sonnet or whatever uh-huh. and he has this metaphor which I think is very apt in this specific mm-hmm. instance also and he, he's comparing epic poetry is like a cathedral 
where it's meant to be viewed from a distance. Like the effect of it, the uh-huh. impact of it is from a distance. Mm-hmm. If you zoomed in to examine three square inches of it, you're not going to get it's everything. It's not going to be interesting. Uh-huh. On the other hand, if you were to, and I don't think he said Fabergé egg, but if you were to examine a Fabergé egg, uh-huh. it's meant to be viewed in intricate, tiny right, details. Right, right. And I think that keeping track of which one's which is important because when you look at scripture, there's and both. it's more like the cathedral in some places where you're like, right. this is a big story spanning thousands of years leading up mm-hmm. to Christ. And so if you zoom in too much and you're like, see, Joseph was in a well, but there was not water in the well. So I think what we're being told here is that the fountain of life is, is not yet <laughs> sprung in his heart. It's like, no, you're just, Actually, you're just getting weird there. You uh-huh. need to just realize that that is one detail moving us along in the plot. You don't have to find intricate nuance. You don't and have to, and you don't have to wring a personal application out of, out of everything yeah. that you're reading in the Old Testament. No. Because what happens... It's a big story. Yeah, and part of what happens that's really beautiful about reading your Bible is that you're if you're under the Word and you're reading the Word, you don't need to wring an application out of the text for yourself. It will wring one out on you. Yeah. So, like, it will accomplish on you what it needs to accomplish. Yeah. And that's very different than me taking the reading and me like how can I squeeze out of this encouragement for my day and I think that if you read it and you let yourself be shaped by it then you will as you go along maybe realize later that okay actually Abraham was a great hero of the faith and if you're sitting in judgment on it you're trying to shape scripture rather than letting scripture shape mm-hmm. you. And so then you're like, well, I don't care what for what Abraham did here. And I feel like it's very sinful. And and we mm-hmm. all frown upon it's it. It's yucky. And, you know, and that's... There's a you, lot of just general yuck. It's just you trying yeah. to shape scripture instead of you being shaped by scripture. And that is also a key differential. Yes, totally. How and, you read it. And I think it's just a... It, but it is the kind of thing that's really important for our kids to know scripture and to know the whole body of scripture not and not because we were like turning it into like a chicken soup for the soul sort of uh, here's a moral like I think that that's one of the bigger failings of a lot of felt bordery Mm. is that people trying to cut it into little chunks to be a little lesson because it's not a little lesson like there are there are Obviously, you can take little lessons out of yeah. scripture, but so often I see the people who really get their fur rubbed the wrong way by right. scripture, they're getting it rubbed the wrong way because it is in direct conflict to the little lessons that they learned, right. what they think they learned from scripture. Yeah. So things <laughs> like somebody saying, now we've read about Jacob and Esau, so we see how bad it is for parents to have favorites. Mm. And you're like, well... I'm not an advocate for parents having favorites, but at the same time, I don't think that the takeaway from this story is that we should make sure to not. There's something way bigger than that going on. Yeah, it's and just especially a when you come sitch. to Jacob and Esau, you've got to remember that God, God had said, a favorite. Yeah, Jacob, I've loved, and Esau, I have hated. So, and that, that makes it difficult 
that really makes it difficult to say the lesson here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the thing that I'm just trying to say not is that, that you that should have favorites. Everyone. I think the moral, you not the have moral, favorites. no, but the moral of the story is to get under the word is what yeah. we're like. Don't try yeah. to sit in judgment on it. Don't try to be, um, you know, sort and don't of, try to like trivialize it. Don't try to basically. make it into something like a little encouraging note to you when you're reading a much bigger thing than Especially that. since the whole it seems like the whole Old Testament is one long winnowing in terms of like it's a sorting mm-hmm. the line you know it's like this line not that one and yeah. then again this line not that one and then the next time it's and this line and I not that one. I just want to say really jumping things here but when you said that I just was saying that the other day that like we've said that all of the modern all of the troubles that we're all having as a culture right now is like a really surprise sorter yeah and a winnowing is a great way to think of it also like I always think of it when you see a bunch of livestock coming in and they're flipping the gate back and forth to Mm -hmm. like put them in the right pen you know however they're sorting them the sheep and the goats or whatever they're doing where they're like making them go different directions. We just have gone through, like we're going culturally through a surprising one of those where we are being sorted by something that none of us saw us being yeah, sorted by. Exactly. We like to self sort. Yeah. So we would like to be the sheep that collect ourselves according to our hobbies or according to our uh, denomination or according to our, like yeah. we, we have the ways that we like to be sorted, yeah. but our current troubles seems like it was a sorting mechanism that none of us understand. No, it feels like God put a new mesh with interesting shapes into the colander. Yes. Where some people fit through and some people don't. And you're, and you're and like, you, well, and that's surprising. But everyone's surprised by it. Yeah. Like, everyone's looking around curiously, like, what is happening You know here? that little half blue, half red children's toy with the yellow handles with the different shapes? Vintage Tupperware. Is that what it is? Yeah. And, and there's different shapes, and you have to, like, put the star, the little yellow star inside, and the yellow They square, all go in, and then they don't come out circle. because there's only, one, there's only one hole they could go yeah. in. Well, I feel like I remember as a kid sitting there. Oh, yeah, and trying. You would, but you try to fit that round one in because it seemed like it, there's enough room mm-hmm. in that square one. But there's not enough room, and you, it's like it just doesn't work. And that's kind of how I picture this, where it's like God just put a new. There's a new shape, and some people yeah. fit through it, and some people don't fit through it. And it's very and odd it. because nobody yeah. would have thought in advance that no. this would be the big determiner. We were not actually thinking. Here's how we'll find out. No. What's happening? Yeah, it's just really interesting, and it's shaking out really different convictions yeah. like that nobody knew was a thing like i just yeah. saw a man back i just saw a gospel coalition did you see this it's pretty crazy might have just there are two statements that were like two weeks apart one of them being like it would be troublesome if for anyone to require churches to require vaccine passports okay they're like, that would be bad. But no one is considering that right now. So nobody sure. stress out. Nobody be alarmed. Like, everybody chill out. It's not one of the things we need to worry about. And then, like, two weeks later was their defense for why churches should use vaccine oh, passports. Oh, my word. No way. Yes. Like, basically saying, saying 
it you know as part of loving our neighbors and as yeah. part of as such we can require vaccine passports and oh or negative word. tests oh for and but it was like so quick together yeah. but that's what i mean is like that is like the really weird all of a sudden a new shape sifter came yep. out and yep. all of a sudden people will not mesh with the yeah. gospel coalition <laughs> like people will be like bonking up against the great like <laughs> yeah what I, I don't want to go. I thought I liked you guys. I thought I was, I know. you know, it's just a really interesting. Yeah, it totally is. So we got some tips on uh, Christmas oh, gifts. Did you? Yeah. I, I have to tell you though, I have not one, but two tips. Oh my word. Yeah. No, it's a whole thing. Do it. Do no, it. Baga. You tell me the tips first. No, I'm saying. No, I'm just going to hold on to my boast over here that I no, have two I, tips. No, I didn't. I wasn't going to go through the thing. Oh, you weren't. No. no. So mm-hmm. you just, I'm saying well, where I'm would still I find looking the tips? for more. Where did you see them? I got some messages from people recommending things, but it made me think that what we ought to do is make a actual more thorough list of things we've already given, the gifts that we've already been pleased with that sure. now we're fired sure. from trying again. Well, okay, this ties nicely into one of my tips because I was saying last week on this very podcast, I was saying that my kids are getting really difficult to buy for. They're hard. Because, you know, they have their own money and so they can buy things that they want and so you're not really sure what exactly they need but also like their taste and the fit and yeah it's hard it is it's hard and so I was trying to figure out how we're going to do this and I suddenly was like I bet you someone has an app for this and I went and I looked and it's called Giftster I think and Mm. I made everyone in my family sign up now we have not yet gone the distance and like performed on this mm, yet okay. but everybody signed up so you can make a group and then they can just put things on there that they see or that they like or that they want to request so it works like a registry but mm. everyone in your group can see what's on the list and it will mark it as sold if one of the other ones buys it but the person who requested it can't see whether it's been bought or not. So that's the thing wow, with like a registry. That's clever. Yeah, you can yeah, see is that you it. can see that it, you've already got it. So, anyways, I know that this is probably for the particular moment that I am in right now, which yeah. is older kids and and they're buying each other gifts and everything. Yeah. And so it just is like tricky. But I am kind of excited about this because you can have it all in one place, and right that makes me happy. So that is one. That is my tip. That's a good one. So, so I was thinking of some of the things that we've already killed off in our own family, like Lammy Safari pins. Yeah, Lammies. Lammies are good. That's a good all-purpose gift item. Pens. Smartwell socks or darn tough socks. I've given a lot of those. Those Pendleton socks were good. Yes, I did. I guys, are you picking up on something that I've done too many times? (laughs) But let me tell you. A little insider information. What's that? This Christmas, I am going to have, I think, 12 in-town nieces. Ooh, yeah. Like, I have so I have so many people uh-huh. that I will see that I need yeah, to be on it. something. Yeah, and But another thing is last year, I bought every cousin that we could find in our family tree, a pack of theory 11 cards. Cause they have, they have fun, um, design, like they're like more, mm, okay. more fancy playing cards yeah. that are like different themes. And so I, sure. I just went through and 
bought a pack for every one okay. of the kids, and I think we ended up giving them that and a chocolate bar or something. You know, it was uh, yeah. like it, it, something like that. Yeah. We should just say this. Our family is committed to gifts for everyone from everyone. Yeah. However, we are realistic. Yeah. So the fact that I gave them all a nice chocolate bar and a cool pack of cards. Right. Mm, and it's not like anybody's expecting us to blow the entire no, the wad budget. on everyone. No. We still do blow Gold the budget plated. just because there's so many people. Gold but we're not things. we're not buying each other cashmere no. sweaters. No, we're no. just going for the uh, like something. we would rather even come in with a bag of M and M's for everyone yes. than not give everyone right. something. And right. I know that there are those of you out there that love your drawing names tradition, but we don't love it. Yeah, and well, we've never done it, so it'd be but hard we, to love it. We don't do it because we don't love it. Anytime somebody broaches the subject, even in a tenuous kind of a way, no, there's a it's roar, like they propose we open gifts on Christmas Eve. Everyone just looks at them like you're wrong. You're doing it wrong. We do open gifts on Christmas with Eve, each Rachel. other. Yeah. I'm talking about people who open all their presents. Oh, for all of them. Eve. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Can't <laughs> be doing that. <laughs> but we didn't used to do the gifts on Christmas Eve. Now no, we do. but but the thing is, is as you get older and your family expands, these are the reasons why I, I feel mean, like Christmas is actually no, a full sport. It's like why I I suddenly feel like I understand why those festivals in the Old Testament lasted seven days because you, you got to get your way you through to. all the branches of the family. And and not only <laughs> not only that, but like by the time you're doing it, you might as well do it for days on end. Well, but also you just no have to way. make your way through everybody that you have to get together with. Yeah, and well, I I want you all to know that I have now purchased some Christmas gifts and I have purchased gift wrap, and that should tell you about well, how on top of my life I'm feeling. I guys downloaded an app. It's what I do <laughs> when I feel really behind on everything as I start Christmas shopping. Yeah, like well. at least I can get ahead on I've that. I've been thinking about putting together a gift wrapping drawer. Because I have a new big bookcase hutch thing. And it has oh, big, yeah. deep drawers. And I was like, I've always want... I have a space where I want it to be eventually. And it's not ready for that yet. But I'm like, oh, I should do that down here. Because, yeah. you know, I hate it when you're always... I have a gift wrapping drawer right now. But the thing it was in is too shallow. And now I have a bigger, deeper drawer. So I'm feeling very pleased about it. Well, I myself need to get more on it with... with Christmas things, but this is because I'm so desperately behind on everything else that I have. Uh, I'm flailing. Hmm. I'm flailing. I'm reaching out for things like Christmas I was going to tell you my second tip, but I think maybe I won't because what if I decided to buy it for you for Christmas? Oh, man. It's Can I just tell you really that I thought, I, I, thought I hit on something today? What? I saw a thing and I was like, it's so cute. I should get this for all the women in the family. Yeah. And I was feeling big about yeah. it. Like, yeah. ha, ha, ha. Yeah. It was an item that should have been in the price range. Yeah. When I clicked on through, it $317. Was so much money. And I was like, well, then, fine. <laughs> have it no, your see, way. Because we were just down in Boise, and I went in Sur La Tab, and I bought myself something in there, which I was like... I'm kind of excited about that. And then I, but I didn't know if it'd be weird. And today when we were cooking lunch after church, I tried it and it was amazing. So mm. maybe I'm going to have to, you know, make you plug your ears and I'll tell the podcast. Listeners. Okay. I will. No. 
I mean, you can if you want to. I won't oh, listen to no, our podcast. Really bad. Maybe I'll just buy it for you for your birthday, and I'll tell everybody about it after that. Give them Because I think that it has to be a gift for you, so I think we're going to have to just okay. keep mum about that. All right. Well, I'll, well, I'll So I said I had two tips, and I do, but one's a secret. You'll... <laughs> Aren't you glad I came with oh, the, with the tip? I'm so glad you yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm on the. I am on a different. Yep. Yeah, doesn't matter. Never mind. That was boring. <laughs> well, that was going to be a boring anecdote that none of you want to hear about. This <laughs> one of my own. I mean, we could hit tin cans or something if you wanted us to. But we see if we can. I could. I could brush up on facts from my home about napkins I could oh tell yeah you, but see even napkins is one of my thoughts but mm. let's we'll stop now and mm. we'll just have to talk to you guys next time about maybe next time we meet we will have made a bunch of progress maybe wouldn't, wouldn't that be cool i have a bunch of my napkins guys, soaking in oxyclean is, i'll tell you if it oh, worked folex oh have you tried folex no let me tell you i think it's a carpet cleaner where do I, you buy it i ordered it because i didn't know where to buy it so okay. i just ordered it because that's what I do when I'm in a How hustle. How did you come to know about it? Um, I think it came up on a thread in Kerger Ladies. That hmm. it was recommended, I believe, by, uh, by. Oh man, somebody was asking about getting something out of something. You know, whenever someone comes in and swears by sure. some stain removal, I will yeah, be bound to order out. it up. Yeah. But I'll tell you, it's crazy because it's like a spot remover. And it does actually, when I spray it, so I've told you before that I keep shout or something downstairs. So sometimes yeah. I'll go around and spray it on the tablecloth when it's still on the table. Right. This actually vanishes red wine stains from it without even being washed. Whoa. And it doesn't smell like anything. Does it fade the color or anything? Well, I imagine it, maybe it could on something, but it hasn't on anything okay. of mine. Well, you that's just, cool. I, so I, there were big wine stains on my tablecloth and I just spray them and they okay. uh, they leave before i even well, wash that's it amazing yeah i'll have to get some yeah that's actually really worth oh guess what i ordered myself what maybe i told you this already i don't know um crumb what's it called mm. a sheila made it's like <laughs> we had one a of what? these i know rachel's looking blankly at me we had one of these in England, and actually it was very common in England, but it is the most genius thing of all time, which is, it's like a drying rack with a cool, like a oh, little, that it, the cast that it iron. ratchets up to the Yeah, but it's like a little ceiling. cast iron ends that the wooden slats go through. Yeah. But you, it's like a drying rack for, you know, napkins or whatever. But yes, with a pulley, so it hoiks up to the ceiling, so you don't have it all in, in the way. in your kitchen? No, my laundry room. Weirdly, I was just thinking it was a kitchen product until I remember well, what it was. I mean, lots of yeah, lots of I'm people have you. it like over their Aga stove because yeah, it yeah, stays yeah. warm and everything. But I got a really big long one, and I'm really excited about that. It's not here yet, but it's going to be here in like a week. Well, and I feel fun. like it may solve some of my napkin drama. So anyway, we'll see. Huh. I don't think that my napkin drama is the kind that can be solved. I think <laughs> I, I think I'm just living a life of napkin well, drama and that's just how it the is. The kinds of napkins that crumple up into a wad when you dry them are my worst. Although wool dryer balls help with that. Do they? Yeah, because mm. they're like 
pound them as they go well, I so have things some, get things get more. Yeah, I have some that really just come out of the dryer beautifully and some that yeah. and you, you can't dry tell them flat. you can't tell which ones are going to do what. Sometimes ones no. that you're sure will be terrible are just a dream yeah. and then other ones that you're And see these, I know them. I I know the ones of mine that do this. What and is so... the fabric that is muslin like muslin baby blankets that's not that's like multi layers of muslin? You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's not... Muslin baby blankets? Yeah, you know the blankets that everybody has for their babies now. That's like It's almost like a puffy muslin because it's a bunch of layers of a really light, like a cotton gauze stacked or something. Okay. I think I'm out of the baby blanket game. Yeah, but I feel like you'd have to be blind to have not seen these around. They're very cute. Well, we're going in overtime on We're doing what? (laughs) (laughs) We're doing it. All right, guys. We gotta We're going to go. wrap this we thing up it. before we do it again. Farewell. Get yourself a Sheila maid. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.